Have you ever tried to drive a car that is about to run out of gas? It is slow, cold, and creaky. You want to push on the accelerator, but without gas, it is useless. So you fill up your tank and voila! You turn on the heater, you hit the road, and you are cruising to your next destination. Similarly, your body needs thyroid hormones to function correctly. Today, our patient has hypothyroidism, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled, When It Goes Low, We Go Slow, An Approach to Hypothyroidism. Time for a minute physiology. The thyroid gland is a butterfly-shaped endocrine gland in the front of the neck. Its follicular cells create and secrete thyroid hormones, which are made from iodine. The pro-hormone thyroxin, or T4, is converted outside the gland to the active triiodothyronine, or T3. The hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis controls the system like a thermostat. When thyroid hormone is needed, thyrotropin-releasing hormone, or TRH, is released from the hypothalamus, which then stimulates the release of thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH, from the anterior pituitary. TSH, in turn, causes the thyroid to secrete thyroid hormone. Thyroid hormone affects everything, from our basal metabolic rate to how alert we are. It is essential even before we are born, with a critical role in fetal development. It is as crucial when we are older, activating mitochondrial proteins to get our heart pumping and our GI tract churning. Hypothyroidism occurs when the thyroid hormones are insufficient to meet the body's needs. It can be divided into three broad categories, primary, secondary, and tertiary. Primary hypothyroidism is by far the most common form of hypothyroidism and occurs where a problem with a thyroid prevents the secretion of enough hormone. There are many etiologies of this, congenital hypothyroidism, iodine deficiency, drug-induced by drugs like lithium and amiodarone, iatrogenic post-thyroid surgery or ablation, infiltrative diseases like amyloidosis and neoplasia, as well as inflammatory or infectious conditions like subacute thyroiditis and autoimmune Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Hashimoto's thyroiditis is a unique and important cause of primary hypothyroidism because it is reasonably common. It is a chronic autoimmune thyroiditis characterized by autoimmune destruction of thyroid tissue directed by defective T suppressor cells and B cells. It is seven times more common in females and is found more frequently in patients with Down syndrome or Turner syndrome, as well as in people with a personal or family history of autoimmune disorders. It is defined by the presence of antibodies against thyroglobulin and thyroid peroxidase. Hashimoto's in particular provides an important link to other autoimmune conditions, and we do see that autoimmune endocrine conditions like adrenal insufficiency and insulin-dependent diabetes are often associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Secondary and tertiary hypothyroidism occur when there is an issue with the hypothalamic pituitary axis that ultimately reduces the stimulation of the thyroid by TSH. Pituitary issues are deemed secondary hypothyroidism 
and hypothalamic issues are considered to be tertiary hypothyroidism. These issues can be caused by an array of conditions, from infiltrative diseases like hemochromatosis to expanding mass lesions like prolactinomas or craniopharyngiomas. There is a very rare syndrome called Refitoff syndrome that mimics hypothyroidism through increased peripheral tissue resistance to thyroid hormone. Hypothyroidism affects 2-3% of the general population. Subclinical hypothyroidism is even more prevalent, with 4-10% of the population affected and more than 20% of women over the age of 50 affected. Hypothyroidism affects females up to 10 times more than males. Iodine deficiency is the most common cause of hypothyroidism in iodine-deficient regions, with Hashimoto's thyroiditis being the most common in iodine-sufficient areas thanks to the iodization of table salt. Hypothyroidism occurs when the level of circulating thyroid hormones are not sufficient to meet the body's needs. As we said earlier, low thyroid hormones make people feel slow, both mentally and physically. Their basal metabolic rate slows, leading to cold intolerance and weight gain. Because the patients have slowed down and are not burning enough fuel, they also start gaining weight, even with a poor appetite. Their bowels slow too, leading to constipation. They start speaking slowly, and their reflexes take longer to relax. They start retaining fluid and can develop edema or even congestive heart failure. Their skin and hair become dry, and they lose the lateral third of their eyebrows. Women may present with both heavy menstruation or amenorrhea. Men may present with impotence. As you can see, the thyroid hormone essentially impacts all the bodily systems. Hypothyroidism shows up in the differential for many common presentations, and it is a key differential given how common it is to always consider when conducting your history and physical exam. Now, your first step in meeting any patient is to make sure that they are stable. What is their GCS? Are their ABCs stable? What are their vitals? Severe hypothyroidism can present with bradycardia, hypotension, hypoventilation, and the hallmark signs of decreased level of consciousness and significant hypothermia. Presence of these symptoms may indicate a possible myxedema coma, which is a medical emergency. So be on the lookout if you're suspecting severe hypothyroidism. Now, once you are sure your patient is stable, you can then proceed with your assessment. When collecting the history, you want to clarify the onset of symptoms of hypothyroidism and which symptoms are currently present. You also want to clarify the presence of any precipitating conditions, such as infection, trauma, myocardial infarction, or other stressors. You also want to ask about hypothyroidism risk factors, such as other autoimmune disorders, family history, Down syndrome, or Turner syndrome. When discussing the history, you want to split your history into possible etiologies for hypothyroidism. Ask about a history of thyroid disease, neoplasia, surgery, or radiation. It is also crucial to perform a thorough medication history to assess for possible drug-induced hypothyroidism. Consider the presence of other autoimmune disorders as well. Then, you want to ask about the patient's symptoms. As mentioned earlier, hypothyroidism can affect almost any bodily symptom, and you want to ensure that you tackle these when you're taking your history. Lastly, you also want to consider other possible explanations for the patient's symptoms. For instance, a patient presenting with fatigue, abdominal pain, salt craving, and loss of libido 
might point you towards adrenal insufficiency. On physical exam, assess the patient for hypotension, hypothermia, bradycardia, decreased level of consciousness, and generalized edema. Presence of these signs are concerning for a myxedema coma. Inspect the thyroid for possible goiter or thyroidectomy scars. Inspect the skin for dryness, the peripheries and periorbital regions for edema, and assess for ascites and pleural effusions. Check for axillary or groin hair loss, along with hair loss along the lateral third of the eyebrows, also known as Queen Anne's eyebrows. Check the reflexes for hung reflexes. Also examine for other precipitating causes, as mentioned earlier in this podcast. On to our investigations. When working up your patient, you will want to order a CBC to check for signs of leukocytosis, which might suggest infection, as well as assess for anemia. You will need to check for hypoglycemia, as well as electrolytes for hyponatremia, which can be part of the presentation of severe hypothyroidism. You will need to check the CK for asymptomatic myositis, as well as the creatinine to assess renal function. Most importantly, you will need to send off a TSH to confirm the diagnosis of hypothyroidism. In primary hypothyroidism or subacute hypothyroidism, the TSH will be elevated. In many labs, you will not be able to send off the free T3 and T4 until the TSH is abnormal. Once the TSH comes back elevated, you can then send off the free T3 and T4. If TSH, free T3, and T4 are low, Consider central causes and assess for pituitary or hypothalamic disease, or in other words, secondary or tertiary causes of hypothyroidism. In primary hypothyroidism, the TSH will be high, but the T3 and T4 will be low. If you are concerned for Hashimoto's thyroiditis, send off antithyroid peroxidase, or TPO antibodies, as well as thyroglobulin antibodies, to help clarify the diagnosis. If your patient is sick and presenting with features that might be consistent with a myxedema coma, also examine and test for concomitant adrenal insufficiency with an AM cortisol. Send off a lipid profile as hypothyroidism can also be associated with elevated triglycerides. Additionally, you will need to evaluate for precipitating factors based on the patient's presentation. It is also important to be careful not to be fooled by thyroid syndrome which occurs with critical illness and does not require thyroid replacement. SICU thyroid syndrome often presents with a mildly elevated TSH level without any overt clinical signs of thyroid disease. The patient's free T3 may be disproportionately low or they may have normal free T3 and T4 levels. Treatment of SICU thyroid syndrome is managed by treating the underlying disease and does not require thyroid replacement. Let's move on to management. The management of hypothyroidism is primarily done in the outpatient setting. The goal is to replace the patient's thyroxine, or T4, which is done by administering levothyroxine. Start with 1.6 micrograms per kilograms PO daily and titrate every 6 to 8 weeks until the TSH is within the normal range. The goiter, if present, should reduce in size and the patient's symptoms should improve. Special care should be taken to avoid precipitating iatrogenic hypothyroidism. This should be especially considered in elderly patients or in those with heart disease. 
consider starting at an even lower dose at 25 micrograms PO daily and titrating up accordingly. If the patient has subclinical hypothyroidism, treatment is of no added survival or cardiovascular benefit. It can be considered if the patient is at high risk of converting to symptomatic hypothyroidism, such as those with significantly elevated TSH or antibodies present, or in those planning to get pregnant. Lastly, if your patient is unwell and you suspect a myxedema coma, you must think and act fast. First, consider involving your ICU team. It is important to remember that patients with myxedema coma may also have concomitant adrenal insufficiency, and treatment of the adrenal insufficiency should be treated prior to moving on to your treatment with hypothyroidism. In order to treat the adrenal insufficiency, you're going to give the patient a stress dose of hydrocortisone of 100 mg IV every 8 hours. To treat the hypothyroidism, you're going to use intravenous levothyroxine, starting with 200 to 400 micrograms and then 50 to 100 micrograms IV daily until they are able to tolerate it orally. The use of IV T3 is controversial in the treatment of myxedema coma, with no clear evidence of clinical benefit. Lastly, supportive care with mechanical ventilation, vasopressor drugs, passive rewarming, IV dextrose, and fluids should be considered if necessary. Also remember to always treat possible precipitating factors and to be on the lookout for arrhythmias. Time for a medicine minute. Did you know that the word thyroid is of Greek origin? The original word stands for a door-shaped shield, named by the anatomist Thomas Wharton in the 1600s. However, thyroid disease knowledge and attempted management have been recorded as early as 2700 BC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Internet Work entitled, When It Goes Low, We Go Slow, An Approach to Hypothyroidism. This episode was written by Dr. Mohamed Bouchiri, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Robert Silver, endocrinologist, and Dr. Trevor Jameson, general internist. This episode was recorded and produced by Allison Lai. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lai and is executively produced by Allison Lai, Leah Karinopoulos, and Zara Morelli. Theme song by Lakshman Vizantha Mohan. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we have an associated infographic and resources on our website at www.theinternetwork.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.